thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the guard frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 271 of the best damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, August 16th, and made available for download Tuesday, August 20th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Ken Shadow. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry Nut Weber Tubes. Right, Tony? That's right, Ken Shadow. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about their latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a shivering wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the show. What have we got in store this week, Tony? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Elite Dangerous, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, and No Man's Sky. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, tallying bandits and calling no joy. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach. Trigger screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. No Man's Sky 2.0 was released, and wouldn't you know it, it was not 100% rainbows and puppy dogs. Hashtag Henry was right. Elite Dangerous offered a little more clarity in the subject of the Galnut narratives, and a little more technical detail in the background simulation. Everybody go find your statistics textbook. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw was released, and everyone needs to read the manual and come back next week. So, um, I, we were were all very excited about the release of Rebel Galaxy Outlaw and No Man's Sky uh, last week. Not everyone was excited about it. Everyone was very excited about the release of No Man's Sky 2.0 and Rebel Galaxy. I Galaxy. installed it. I installed it on my computer. I haven't played it again yet, but I installed it. Damn it! So I when you say a lot it, of VR, a lot so, of No Man's Sky VR. Let, let, let's break this down. Let's break this down slowly. I think we can we can start from the assumption that Jeff did not install No Man's Sky. I think we can start from that assumption. Or, or, am I correct on that one, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, all right. I'm glad I can. You I'm didn't glad. uninstall to begin with. Ha! Ah! Ha! That's right. There's nothing there to uninstall or install. So we that one's checked off. Now, now, Brian, you just said it. Which it did you refer to? Mm, whatever copy I have on Steam. Well, that could be. Oh well, uh, since since yeah. Robo Galaxy Outlaw uh, was a only epic an exclusive, epic, epic launcher release. Then, by process of elimination, I uh, uh, infer that you installed the uh, update to No Man's Sky. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then Henry, you just said you played VR, and I played uh, a lot of No Man's Sky. Rebel Galaxy was not on VR, so I'm gonna. We, we, we I didn't conclude. play that. You were going to play that one. I was going to play some right. No Man's mm-hmm. Sky, and then we were going to talk. That's right. And then, uh, so what I'm taking away here is that, so Jeff, unless you installed and played Rebel Galaxy Outlaw this I week. I did. I played the did. heck out of it. Nice. Okay, Jeff played the heck out of it. I installed, uh, I think maybe I'm alone in this group, I installed and played both of them uh, uh, over the over the, the, the very brief time. So came out Wednesday for uh, Rebel Galaxy and Thursday for uh, No Man's Sky. Uh, so well, let's start off with uh, Rebel Galaxy. We'll start there. And Jeff, I want you said you played the heck out of it. Yep. So take the lead. Give us first impressions. Don't give any story away, but tell us tell us your your experience and your impressions. Well, right off the beginning, I was impressed by the graphical uh, nuance, nouveau, I should say, of the game. It, it harkened back to some some early iterations of uh, gaming where you had this comic book like um, intro and feeling to it um, and uh, I gotta say that the graphics are great um, the dialogue is pretty pretty up there as well and then we get to the gameplay um, their option panel is a bit clunky um, for the settings and stuff, the, the keyboard, mouse, and all whole Hodas uh, integration was uh, also clunky. Um, I, I, I'm still having to use my mouse and keyboard so that I can push buttons on my keyboard when I'm, I got my throttle and stick going um, uh, because they don't transition. They, it's either one or the other, and that's not, that's not good. Um, but other than that, I, I got to say that, uh, I've, I've gone pretty far into the storyline. I'm not going to reveal all the storyline. Good. Yeah, good. Uh, good. But, um, it's a good, it's all in all, it's a fun game to play. So I got, uh, into my very first mission and got my butt blown away in about 10 seconds because I took, I, I played some pool. And I uh, fiddle around with the dialogue, mess around in the shop. Uh, you know, the I, 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 I did a game. I did it with a gamepad because he kept. Uh, Jeff, you're saying you had some trouble with the uh, ca- uh, keyboard, mouse, or Hodas setups. He said uh, multiple times. Travis Baldry, the double damage uh, guy, said, "Play for God's sake, play it on gamepad." So I took him at his word, and I started off with a gamepad. I found the gamepad relatively intuitive. It, it worked okay for me in the menus and on the ground. When I got into space, I took a bunch of the 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 milk run missions because I just wanted to like fly around to get used to the controls and all that kind of stuff. I my first jump, I got hit by a bunch of pirates and was immediately blown into smithereens. Yeah, I had a problem. There, there's there's was far too many times that uh, you jumped in and you were immediately attacked, and that that's a little disconcerting. 
it, uh, and, and, and it would be okay if like that was your third or fourth mission or if even on the first time you were attacked there was some sort of you know that you know frequently you'll see in uh, games during your first combat it'll be like pause this is where you hit the B button to lock onto your target and then you do that and the game continues so that you get an idea where the controls are supposed to be when you hear when the first thing you hear is hostile targets approaching missile inbound you're like oh okay, I would like to go fast now. And you start pushing buttons to try to figure out which one is the fast button. Uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a little, that's a little uh, disconcerting there. There's no training at all? No. Not if you, just, if you just jump in the game and go, your first experience could very well be hostile, craft inbound, missile inbound, boom. Uh, I think I got hit by two or three missiles trying to evade, trying to lock onto the guy. Uh, and and uh, two or three missiles later, I was uh, hosed. So, and my son also played it, um, and he, like Jeff, had uh, uh, he was playing mouse and keyboard, and he had a lot to say, none of it very positive about the control mechanisms. It took, but he stuck with it, and then eventually he got into it. I think that's the story of it. Uh, is that there's a there's definitely a bit of a learning curve that you need to get a ta- uh, 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 past. Then once you get into it, it's fun, and I think that that's that's the story of it. Um, first first problems. Uh, uh, thought it was. He, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said I'm. This was probably a thirty dollar game, um, but it's it's not going to be his go to thing. I'm wondering if he had kind of the same experience that I did. He didn't go into any more detail of it. Um, but my son's played through several of the stories now, and he he's he's still going through it. So it looks like once you get past that, it's good. To help with that, they on the second or third day it was released, they uh, tweeted out, uh, Double Damage tweeted out a PDF of basically uh, in-universe control instructions. So like your keyboard and your uh, uh, gamepad uh, key bindings, basic key bindings are listed on this PDF. So that would have been really great for me to have before I launched the game for the first time because I would have sat down and read that known where all the buttons were and then taken off and might have had a little bit better experience in my first combat so uh but yeah that's uh, overall seems like uh, like jeff said the art style is great i mean it does the the out the cockpit window is comic booky but it's very bright it's very vibrant you can see things happening uh it's very detailed inside the cockpit it's like bring going back to x-wing man it's like going back to it's the cockpit layout reminds me so much of x-wing Amontillado in the Twitch chat base says he basically had the exact same experience as you. Yeah. It, yeah. it seems kind of unforgivable for a modern game not to have, like, a tutorial stage. I kind of agree. And that's why once I finally kind of, like, you know, kind of got over my face, I went, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run No Man's Sky tomorrow. I'm going to set this aside, wait for my anger to cool down, and then I'll come <laughs> back to it later on. But but in the but between that, me saying that and... Uh, uh, and the next day, at some point in there, they released that PDF. So uh, my, I, I'm willing to forgive them uh, and go back to it because that was one of the hallmarks of the original Space Sims from the 90s, right? You get this this nice, big, thick textbook that had all the controls and all the different uh, scenarios and stuff in it. And you would read that, and then you'd launch the game. Uh, yeah, but I, I remember, like, Privateer had... It wasn't like a tutorial stage, but they, they were very much... Uh, gated you from progressing forward into areas that had easier enemies and easier things to do with. And I think that the the understanding is if you're playing Privateer, you played Wing Commander before that, which had similar controls. So, I mean, 
you jump at a privateer from Wing Commander, you're already killing people really fast, well, right? And and I played Rebel Galaxy, and I didn't have as much uh, frustration as I did playing Outlaw, and I would have. That's thought- a totally different game, though, right? Mm, no, the designs very much the same. The second, the the vertical dimensions different. Um, so sorry in Rebel Galaxy though it's like this whole broadside third person mechanic I thought in Outlaw you're in a in our cockpit right yeah it's you a, are it's, but you're in a smaller ship too it's a fighter type thing yeah but the flavor what Jeff's saying is the flavors are there and the 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 lot of the underlying mechanics are I think the same but Rebel Galaxy it felt the same Re- the original Rebel Galaxy had like a tutorial thing did it right yeah the first couple remember. of missions were like press this button to do this. And it always had on-screen hints about what to do at this section and stuff like that. They had an, an, an initial combat they walk you through, too. It was really... That would have been swell. It was a night. The original Rebel Galaxy had a nice onboarding experience, in my opinion. I mean, I didn't get that far in the game, and I, I've actually only played it recently. Um, I'm only, like, four hours in the game or something like that. But, I mean, like, I remember the onboarding experience uh, very worry-free because they showed, they kind of walked you through it. Yeah, I it, I missed that when when uh, I was a little bit surprised when I heard hostile craft inbound, you know, missile warning, and then I didn't get the pause screen right. I was expecting a tooltip, you know, the the screen would go a little bit dark and then a tooltip would pop up, you know, here, look at your radar. This radar thing means there's a hostile approaching, you know, and then you hit the go forward button. This is a missile. See that? You should probably lock onto that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that would have been great, but uh, maybe in version one point one. We'll, we'll, we'll see that. Well, next up on our little tour of the space sim world this week is a space sim known as No Man's Sky. Jeff will Jeff Jeff's giving me a bad look here now. I'm I sure am giving you an ex- I'm giving you all dirty looks now. Henry Henry has some things to say because Henry played a lot of No Man's Sky. Yeah, quite a bit. I was trying to hook up with uh, first first problems to do some multiplayer, but we couldn't connect on it. Just was always uh, busy when I was playing. He was playing when I was busy, oh. but... Uh, so I haven't tested the multiplayer yet, but we're planning to get to that. that, that um, that's real-life real, real life logistics, nothing to do yeah, with Yeah, real-life logistics, nothing wrong okay. with the game. Um, but I did try out a whole bunch of other stuff that's new. Um, and I gotta say, it, it, what I expected from a No Man's Sky release was a bunch of bugs and some cool features that look like they're gonna be great when they finish polishing them. And I found that. A lot of bugs, definitely, in the VR. Um, I don't know about the rest of the features being buggy because I didn't have any problems except with my VR setup. Getting into game and then getting acclimated was very difficult. I play a lot of like Skyrim and games like that and the control scheme is easy and intuitive. In No Man's Sky, you're holding a trigger to move, you're pointing your direction with your Vive controller and it seems to lose sync so at some points I'm, I'm holding the controller sideways to move forward. Um, <clears throat> I'll go to turn around and the, the HUD doesn't follow. Very strange things. Uh, it's possible to get your HUD lost behind you in No Man's Sky um, in VR. So there's a lot yeah. of things that just need to be fixed. Isn't there always something that needs to be fixed? Yeah, when you're making a great game, there are things that come up, and it's difficult, so there will be problems. I feel like the the, the release, they could have fixed some of this before it came out, though. Like uh, A lot of people's control screams, schemes have been lost completely because the uh, new controller config doesn't work in-game anymore, so that's broken. I'm unable to remap my keys at all on my Vive right now without using an external program to do it, because uh, the, yeah. the internal menu, uh, menus just don't function. 
Um, so the menu was a turd before. Now it is a polished turd, but it is not much better. <laughs> I would like to say I appreciate them adding a checkbox that says hold for delay, which may have been in there before this update, but I've been dying to not have to hold down my stinking uh, controller button to select anything in the Oh, menu. right, for the little circle to go around. Yeah, Zip. so that is a thing of the past. I don't know if that yeah. was this update, but I just noticed it personally. Yeah. So thanks you for that, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, everything else, you know, once I got in and got used to the controls, which were difficult because it's completely unintuitive and unable to be remapped, so that was hard. But once I got in and I was actually playing, it was actually really a good experience. Much, much slower than what I'm used to in No Man's Sky, because in VR, things are. That's because you're typically appreciating them more. Um, yeah. There's more of a ooh and ah factor looking around. Yes. So. And yeah. that's definitely happening when I jump in my cockpit by reaching up for the spacecraft, pulling on it to open the cockpit, and then I get in and I grab the stick. You know, you're actually grabbing the controllers, which is something I feel like... Uh, really adds something to the experience. I like that virtual stick feel, um, and I, I managed to get good at flying. Um, some people have complained that there's no way to roll. I'd like to let you know you can roll if you're in Vive controller. You use the control pad to roll on your joystick hand instead of uh, twisting or something with the stick. It's not a readily apparent that that's possible, but I've seen some posts that people said they, they miss being able to roll. That that seems to be that was my experience was a uh, pretty similar. I've got the uh, Windows Mixed Reality. Uh, Henry, you're working with the Vive, right? Mm-hmm. I've got a, I've got a Samsung uh, uh, headset and Windows Mixed Reality. I got into the game, but the controllers just did not work. Uh, they're uh, going do you know going through Reddit and some of the forum posts and so, so stuff like that. Apparently, Windows Mixed Reality is not supported, but that's not readily apparent because Steam VR, it's, you know, it was released for Steam VR, mm-hmm. and the Steam VR API is, supports Windows Mixed Reality. So, uh, you know, it, it's uh, that uh, these are these are things that. Um, Maybe should have been a little more uh, clear. Maybe um, this is. I'm gonna tab. I'm gonna go ahead and chalk this up once again under uh, a little bit of a communication problem. Again, small studio. Uh, maybe they were making some assumptions uh, without some good data. But yeah, they should. The, if you're gonna say Steam, you know, we're going, we're releasing on Steam VR. What does that entail? Well, it entails support for Windows uh, Mixed Reality because Steam VR supports that. Yeah. So, um, but in I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a very nice virtual environment to look at, but I just couldn't do anything there. I did hear that, uh, and I I don't know what the procedure is, but I had read someone said they got their controllers working by telling Steam VR that they were using a Vive when they were using a Mixed Reality headset. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you that I, makes sense I, to you? Yeah, it didn't I make sense to that, me, but yeah. Well, in the in the Steam environment, you can uh, like you were saying, you couldn't remap controls without an external right. system. So, in the Steam VR environment, you can go to the Steam VR sort of clubhouse thing, and in there, you can uh, make some manual adjustments. And one thing I, you can do is is override what what Steam thinks you're using as a controller. So, mm-hmm. I had the Windows Mixed Reality headset on, but then I told it I was using a Vive controller. I was able to get Steam VR to say, okay, yeah, Vive controller. And when I did that, 
that's when I was able to actually get into the game. Because mm. prior to that, the game would just crash. Ah. It, would just, it would just crash right out. But once I said I was using a Windows Mixed Reality headset and a Steam Vive controller, it let me boot into the game. And I could sit in my cockpit and look to the left and look to the right and look up, and it was pretty cool. And then I tried to, like, do anything, and uh, nothing worked. Uh, I could trick it into letting me use mouse and keyboard, but then... but. What, but even on the mouse and keyboard, like there's some, if you're in VR, some of those controls are disabled. Yeah, you can't point you your weapon. Pointer. Right. You, yeah, you can't get out and point your weapon. I was trying to do yep. the same thing because I came frustrated with the v, the hand controls, trying to pick plants. So I thought right. maybe I could do them with the control with the the mouse and keyboard. No possible way because your your hand is always going to be on that controller. I even tried turning off my Vive controllers, and there's just no way to to pick it all, uh, pick up an item. I had a really hard time picking up plants and things like that. In fact, um, accessing the Galactic Trade Terminal really pissed me off. I was there for like five minutes just swinging my arms. Maybe that not that long, maybe a minute. But swinging yeah. my arm trying to get the thing to, to find where it says pull to initiate it. And right. I was just trying to keep going and couldn't try to find the sensor. It was very frustrating, uh, especially when I had started a brand new game, had gone to the space station after a lot of like... You know, trying to pass through his first tutorial missions to get your ship up, um, and I'd gone there to sell some stuff, and then no way to sell stuff. It's frustrating. I, I eventually gave up on the VR and just like played the game for a little bit, and it was much like I remembered it. I mean, it was the the stuff that Jeff always complains about—the survivalist aspect of it. You know, you have to gather these resources and repair things. I mean, it's the same. It's largely the same game as it used to be. Still looks nice. Still is pretty. Still a very chill environment. You know, don't don't be in a hurry to do stuff. You know, take it take the time to smell the the green roses or whatever the hell they are, Tub tuber plants, uh, you know, uh, whatever tentacle monsters they've got there. Um, but uh, but uh, without my anticipation was being able to put on the headset and point my gun and shoot stuff uh, and that thing kind of thing. And that was I was I was thwarted. Uh, uh, with that, so but I imagine they'll be addressing these issues, uh, and hopefully, um, we'll get a patch. And a patch. So, so, so what I'm gathering is, and I've got a new name for this game now. So, it's oh more, no, Jeff's yes, really yeah. gonna, where's Jeff's his really mute going. button, Tony? Yeah. I don't know. There's one here somewhere. My uh, five controller so, won't select the eject thing either. I can't. <laughs> can't do it. It's buggy interface. So what you're saying is more, more, uh, more foe sky. And that's F A U X, you know, for the for the Morpho Sky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. wah, wah. I, I think yeah, he's reaching yeah. for that joke, like I have to reach for the trade terminal in broken VR and no man's <laughs> yeah, sky. The sensor's yeah. not hooking he's up. Reaching. It's he's just yeah, not he getting it. But yeah, go it's ahead. Not, now, not don't be bitter, Henry. You, I'm you, not. I actually <laughs> enjoyed it. I was going to get to the good stuff. Oh, next. you enjoyed uh, not being able to click. Before things. we get to the good stuff, did you guys have any performance issues? I saw some articles on VR performance being lacking. I ran it on a 1070 and a 1060, and it was fine on both, um, with settings on. Uh, the standard and some settings up to, to intermediate or advanced, I think. It's the second setting for them because there's only like five slots you can choose. It's like uh, standard, intermediate, good, and better or something like that. Those, mm -hmm. those aren't the ones, but you get it. Got it. Um, so I had it very low and then there's a guide online that said to pop like three of those sliders up a little bit and I did those and I had no problems and it actually looks really good in VR. Um, so I didn't have any problems with that. I did have a problem with like vertical sync and like page tearing was really really bad when I enabled anti-aliasing, 
like really bad that I couldn't deal with it. It was it felt like I was looking at a, a world that was underwater. It rippled so bad. So I shut all the anti oh, That's weird. Down. Yeah, I didn't even realize the the VR APIs would let it tear. Oh yeah, it was funky. It was really funky. I was only there for a little while, just looking around. At, you know, I'll tell you, sitting in my cockpit and doing nothing looked great, and I'm on a 1060. <laughs> so, you know, as far as sitting in a cockpit doing nothing goes, it was just fine. That's a quality space sim for you. Yeah, you, you, you got continue on then. <laughs> what I'm thinking, what I'm actually interested in with No Man's Sky that I haven't done with any other games, if it's got a VR option, I usually always play in VR. But with No Man's Sky, it's the kind of thing I like to sit with my laptop and just goof off on sometimes. There's a lot of grind, and you can, you know, mine resources and things like yeah. that. I don't know if I want to stand for all that all day. So I feel like I might run it on my laptop and and do those kind of things. And then when I want to play VR, I can pop in and do that. And it's seamless, your save game. And it, yeah. all, everything works. So you can do that on two different machines with Steam Sync. Um, so that sounds really exciting to me. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be in and out of VR should be times when it's good, times when it's bad. Are, wait, are you said you're standing while playing this game? Yeah, I play in room scale, so I'm up walking around and stuff. Does that add anything to No Man's Sky? I mean, I'm just up, so it's uh, it's more like I'm standing in the world. I mean, if I want to sit down, I could, but I tend to stand when I'm gaming, like in VR anyway. Uh. Um, just because if I'm if I'm in a VR game, I'm my character's standing, and I feel silly sitting with my chest at, with my knees at chest height. You know, while, like floating above everyone in the room. It doesn't feel right. So I like to stand because I'm at eye level with people. Maybe that's weird. Does anybody else do that? Nobody else stands for VR? When I played uh, when I played uh, Fallout 4 and uh, Skyrim, I've sat. But every once in a while, like if I do a scene change or transition or whatever, I'll wind up crouched almost. And I have to reset my, you know, reset the, the level. Uh, yeah. To go to pop back up to you know to be high to be uh, standing height. I stand See, for I games that require standing, like Beat Saber. But if it doesn't make me stand, I'm not damn standing. <laughs> um, if game comes to me. I don't come to the game. Yeah, it's my world. I think it's Y'all more immersive to get up and be able to turn around and actually look around. But with a Vive, you have room skills, so you can actually walk across the room in a lot of games. Um, like you could you could stand here and walk five feet over this way and open the door of a car in Arizona sunshine. Mm-hmm. It's all really really immersive. So I'm I'm just used to that. So I probably don't need to stand and there is no walking around in No Man's Sky. In fact, it tells you don't leave the play area. Um, but I'm used to it, I guess. So that's why I do. Well, I think that's about all we have to say about No Man's Sky this week. So let's move on to Elite Dangerous, where there's a couple things that happened this week. Uh, number one, as a follow up to our uh, discussion last week about the changes to Galnet, there was a clarification post let's say i'm not going to say that they moved backwards i'm going to say that they moved sideways on the on their their previous statements did frontier um they are uh going they're still going to cut the flavor stories that's those are still gone so we're not we're still not getting those anymore those are all done but they are telling us that uh some of the reasoning behind it uh, on their uh, on, on their uh, community post, uh, Stephen Abed and Daddy said, uh, "Producing content for Galnet takes a significant amount of time when you factor in conception, editing, and translation." I neglected to think about that because they do pul- uh, publish in multiple languages. So Google Translate is free and quick. I think they actually try to localize <laughs> because we've played with that Google Translation before to hilarious results. Write the codes. Google Translate. Let's go. <laughs> Write the code. Uh, he goes on to say, for me, content such as Interstellar Initiatives and the scenarios added to the game have a greater impact than off-camera Galnet storylines. So basically they said the stuff we're doing in the game impacts the players more than the stuff we're doing for flavor, which is probably true. 
So they decided as a resource situation, we're just going to, you know, put the put the time and effort in where it's effective. Uh, so they're going to try to further develop the interstellar initiative uh, events in the lore. So you're going you're gonna to get the game event happening and the stuff around the game event happening, but those characters that we have come to know via power play and via the Galnet stories will have a reaction or a uh, sort of sidelight role to play in those things. Uh, we'll, we'll see them uh, uh, reflected in those situations, not on independent things that aren't connected to that. Uh, they also said they are going to totally remove Galnet off-camera stuff. It's just not going to be there anymore. It's not that they're going to cut back on them. They're just going to be gone. That the effect of this will be a slight decrease in the amount of Galnet output. Uh, so there will be fewer stories that go out on that Galnet site. Uh, and they also let slip something interesting that I thought. Uh, they said, is the team understaffed? That was the question, a frequently asked question. Their response is, no, not at all. In fact, we're about to gain an additional full-time writer. But we have an ambitious production schedule ahead of us, and it was therefore necessary to reposition the writing team so it could properly support that schedule. I have a question. Shoot, what's your question? What the hell are they going to do with the new writer because they don't write anything except Galnet? What do you think? Let's speculate, because we're good at that. What might that be? They're not going to write tutorials either. Like, what do they do over The tutorials are, should already be done or close to being done by September, so the tutorials are probably, probably already written. What else are we expecting to see in 2020? Uh, I'm not sure what they'd use a writer for. That's serious. Like, I'm serious. I That's what, what I'm thinking is that there will be a much more a much stronger narrative component to the expansion. That's what I see this as a signal of. There's going to be these guys. So when, when you get, get your space legs and you go out in space stations, occasionally NPCs will have question marks above their heads. And you can walk up to them and get some dialogue. <laughs> and, and talk to them yes. and stuff. And then it takes you to an exclamation point. Yeah. 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 Something like I, I anticipate. I mean, if again, we're making some assumptions here, but I think they're good ones. Assuming the space leg of rumor is true. Uh, so we're going to get the space legs of some kind uh, in the in the 2020 expansion, assuming that it's going to be centered around a Thargoid type environment on the ground. That's going to be a major feature of it. I think that's a good assumption near the Witchhead Nebula. I think that's a good assumption. I suspect that you're going to say as Ken Shadow see as Ken Shadow is saying, interactable NPCs that are going to need dialogue boxes. You're going to see story quote quote story missions or story justifications. For activities that you're going to see, you're going to have you're going to need to have sector four requires help. Uh, back up to you know space station alpha. You're going to have that kind of stuff that's going to need to be written, recorded, uh, typed out, and uh, all those things are going to have to be uh, fleshed out. And also, I would imagine that if it goes the way that many you know live games, first person shooters go, there's going to be additional raid content from time to time. You know, special missions, all that kind of stuff that will be released on a monthly or quarterly schedule, something like that. So I imagine that new full-time person and whatever existing writing effort is going on right now is being redirected to producing that. That's my guess. Uh, but I think that's uh, I think it's supported by what we assume to be true so far. A lot of assumptions there, but hey, we, we, we speculate on everything. All of the game we're building, right? Uh, so, uh, uh, but that's I think that's what's going on here. But yeah, 
no more, no more, no more fluff, no more stories. Seems kind of irreversible. Um, but hopefully, again, this is one of those things where we have a bit of a content drought now because everything will be super awesome in about you know, nine to twelve months. And that means they should not drop the the simple little thing they're doing. I get that translating sucks, but I really think it's a. Uh, I think I, I think it shouldn't be that hard. You you write a story for us every week that is in the Galnet yeah. flavor. I mean, come on, Tony will do it. Yeah, you know my rates are reasonable. <laughs> uh, I type a lot. I, I I learn the English language. I, I edit myself. You know, I can I can we can record stuff. Yeah, I just so I, we'll get Tony to write it. Yeah. We'll get Google Translate. Shiv can send it through Google Translate, <laughs> and we'll send we'll send new articles to Frontier every Monday. We can we can do some translation right here. I mean, I speak English and bad English. Tony speaks legalese. That's like three of the main languages. That's, right that's there. three of the main languages right there. Jeff, that's great. Uh, Jeff, you speak you speak uh, old man. I do, and and Scottish. Yep. I'm sure somebody here speaks Klingon, Henry. I speak Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, we've got, we've got, you know, we've got major, uh, major talent here that I just big just time localization. We got that's this, right. guys. We got this. saving frontier. So, so there's that. So that's that was the news on that front. Um, so it it, uh, it gave us ch- gave me a chance to speculate on what I think is coming. We'll find out if I'm right or not uh, in 2020 when they announced the expansion. But they also had something else, which was a little bit of a rehash. Uh, but it was new to most of us. Uh, they had a presentation at uh, LaveCon that held, had to do with updating the background simulation, and what the, they got kind of into the, under the hood of updating the background simulation. Uh, it was it's very statistics intensive, uh, the, talking about S curves and uh, 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 standard deviation in user inputs on on uh, versus user outputs on on stuff. It, got a little into the weeds for me, but the gist of it is that the takeaway that I got was conflicts and violence in the system is now handled separately from economics. So if you're into the background simulation and you're fighting a war, that's different from when you're doing trading stuff. And the other thing that I took away from it was if you do a little bit of something, it doesn't really count. If you do a whole lot of something, the extra whole lot you do doesn't really count. There's this sweet spot in the middle where when you do a little more, you get a lot more out of it. That's the takeaway that I got. So if you're going to play the background simulation, just doing a little bit, that's very nice. You get a pat on the back. If you do a whole, whole lot of it, you're not really helping anymore. Your, your effectiveness has petered out, petered out a while ago. But there's a, there's a spot in the middle where you, you're really, really effective, whether it's hauling cargo or shooting down bad guys or collecting bounties or turning in trade data. Uh, they want the the encouragement is that we, they want you doing a bunch of different things to a medium amount. Uh, that's the design goal of the system. Uh, so if someone else has watched that and and tell, wants to tell me I'm wrong, I'm, I'd be happy to be wrong because that was my understanding that I took away from it. I I don't know if that's exactly correct or not, but that's what I got from it. And until someone tells me I'm wrong, that's how I'm going to proceed under my under that assumption. So. I don't suppose anybody else watched that at all because there were a couple times when I had to rewind and go, "What did you just say, man?" It was Dab. <laughs> he he literally wore a white coat and all, and he had his like his name uh, sewed in on the top like a like a like a doctor like a like a laboratory scientist. He was missing the pocket protector, but that's it. That's the only thing he needed to complete the ensemble. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so he he went through and explained all the stuff on the background simulation. It's up on the Frontier YouTube channel if you're inclined to watch it. I'm sure that uh, Werchul and Akrosi 
uh, will uh, want to weigh in on this at some point for us uh, on our over on our Discord uh, in the Squadron Ops channel. So if you're interested, come by our Discord, discord.frequency.com, and say hi and uh, watch them take that apart. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so that's that. Well, and I think we're going to be done there because we're all caught up on Space Sim News. Now let's get it caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. Into this right here. Talk, talk here. Oh, very good. Uh, yes. <clears throat> yes. My name is God Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens. Uh, I regret to inform you that uh, Galactic Public Radio's funding has been temporarily um, mm, halted. Yes. Uh, Galnet, which uh, uh, was formerly a sponsor and underwrote most of the uh, costs for mm, gathering stories, uh, has mm, stopped. And we will be searching for a new sponsor for this program. So we intend to bring you back Spencer McDunn and uh, the other guy. What's his name? Yes, that furnace fellow. He will be back as well. And just as soon as we possibly can. But until then, um, please enjoy the sounds of dead air silence. Yes, like that. Thank you. Good day. Has Ale had a chance to look at the uh, Coriolis link? I can see a cobra coming in. Is that three of them? There's two cobras that you can see. Okay. One, one, two of them are definitely configured in this manner. And then uh, there's a third blob that you can't get a lock on. And then there's a fourth blob kind of hanging back. Okay. So the two Cobras, I can see them and I can tell their loadout a bit from the sensors. Mm -hmm. Um, You can. A couple of pulse lasers. There's mining stuff and refineries. They're not like super combat ships from what I can tell, right? Golly, that doesn't appear to be. Why don't you roll a a tactics check? Six. Six. Yeah, it's... Kind of seems weird, doesn't it? Yeah, seems seems odd. But they're burning. They're burning in. They're headed straight for the base, and they are. They're not stopping. They're coming in hot. Hmm. This is that's why that's why the automatic sensors painted them because it's not like they're not like they're spooling in for a landing. No, they are. They're coming in hot. So they're definitely coming in to attack. They're definitely not specifically attack craft, um, and we don't know whose they are. So all I can tell is we've got a couple of these coming in. I'm not sure what to do with that information beyond tell everyone that that's what's coming. So I'd okay, like to be so on comms can, telling everybody. Yeah, yeah. And Valis is still here at this point. Is she yeah. in the room with me or is she in the room with yeah, she, she's, she's, she's still hanging out with Amanda, but I mean, she can hear you on the comms and she says, those craft are, uh, are they were painted as hostile by the computer. There, Nothing has stopped it. Have we tried contacting them? Do we, are the communications facilities still active? 
That I don't know. Can we try to? Can I try to communicate from where I am? Yeah, because dude was sending an email from here, and right. he broke okay, the so uh, other thing, so I mm -hmm. should be able to call. Roll a computer check. Twelve. Twelve. Yep. You uh, you find the console easily enough. You key the transmitter, and you say, "Who's uh, approaching craft? Who's coming in? We're uh, uh, identify yourself. We've got weapons aimed at you, and we're ready to fire. Identify yourself now." No response. All right, that was helpful. All right. The, the, the AI says, by my estimates, there are less than 60 seconds until they're within weapons range. Would you care to designate targets? Yeah, I think they need, she needs, or the AI needs to fire on the approaching uh, Cobras. Either one of them, the two that are closest. But can, she can't target the other two, right? The distant craft? I don't see a point. Uh, they're, all, they're all together, I thought. There was one hanging back, there was one that was unidentified, and there were two Cobras. Yes. The Cobras don't seem as much of a, a threat, so I would identify the one you can't. I would shoot the one you can't identify yet. I figure she'd probably hit the one that, uh, or the AI would probably hit the one that's clear on resolution. I have solid locks on the two that have been resolved sufficiently to identify them and their loadouts. Uh, attacking and scoring a successful hit on the other two craft is a lower chance. Yeah, I would fire on. A I Cobra. have, I have a number of missiles at my disposal. I have sixteen in total. How would you like me to allocate them? That's a tactical decision for Valis, right? I told her what's coming. She says, "She says you're the computer expert. If the computer tells you what it can hit, just great hit something, shoot at anything. I say fire just fire a missile at each of the Cobras. You have sixteen. You have sixteen missiles altogether. Do you want to? Do you want to hold some back? Yeah, you want to like hold, shoot I them all at once, or what do you want to do? One missile at each Cobra, right? Or do I want to fire two at each Cobra? Guys, somebody chime in here. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Let's do two at each Cobra. And two at the uh, and two at the one that's that's a blob. I would hold them until they get close. Don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes, right? Because it's a uh, chance of missing. There are We've approximately thirty shots. seconds until they're within weapons range. Fire on the cobra. I'm in the room. Fire on the cobras. Two missiles each. Hold everything else. Launching. All right. So off at the distance somewhere, you hear whoosh, 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 and here we go. That is not awesome. Well, but you do get uh, a little bit of a bonus because you do have an AI helping you. So with a, she gets a plus three. She's going to get a plus three on those. So we've got a miss and a hit and a hit and a hit. So the Cobra, the the lead Cobra, uh, this one's like a little bit ahead of the other one. Uh, you see that it is uh, damaged and has like slowed down, right? The blip's not falling as fast. and seems to be kind of lazily, lazily kind of rolling off. Uh, the other one is no longer a blob so much as a puff. Nice. Uh, so uh, the there are still there's still the high blob sitting way up, and there's still another blob coming down. Uh, but the blob, but the the Cobra contact that you had resolved kind of is it's it's there, but it's 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 hurt. You hit it. All right, new uh, the the AI says new uh, new information. We still uh, collision or attack range for the remaining uh, intercept vehicle is now sixty seconds. The other vehicle is no longer on an intercept course and is apparently trying to maintain altitude. Great. So we popped one. One is trying to survive, and another one is still approaching. Still, and coming. then one is still hanging off in the distance. And you still have 12 missiles Is this go. still me commanding these missiles? So I just keep going? Yeah, there ain't nobody else in the room. Awesome. I want to fire one more missile at the uh, the Corvette, oh. or the Cobra that started to drift off. Because I don't want him to swing by and try to get our uh, guys running for the ship. And I'd like to fire, like, three missiles at the unresolved target. Okay. So we're going to do it again. Uh, one missile headed for the Cobra. Doesn't get a plus three anymore because it's not constant bearing decreasing range anymore. You told him you had guns, and now they're... Now there's an, an angle. She's only going to roll to plus one this time. 
still manages to score it. That that thing turns into a little puffy ball too. Three missiles to the uh, the asp. You say? Yeah. Is that what it Ooh. is? I mean, I mean the other ship. It sure looks like an asp to me. Told you it was bigger. Uh, okay, so uh, all right, so then we get a uh, we get a, a four and eight and a six, and those are all plus one. So we get a miss and two hits. Uh, the other blob is more substantial. It's more. It's a more substantial blob. Uh, so it you uh, it appears it, it it appears to be you you score hits you you see the hits happen, but it's still coming. But now it's it it also kind of peels off. It's no longer coming hot and heavy for you, and it peels. He off. lost his escort too. He learned that was dumb. So we've got um, how many missiles left? There were sixteen. Uh, we fired sixteen total. Four, five, six, and seven, eight. We have six. We yep. have eight left. You, you still have eight left. There's eight missiles left. All right. So with all these missiles firing, um, nobody else has come in. Still, right? I'm still going. Yeah. You're, yeah all right, cool. This is all happening very quickly. I got you. I mean, Great. Is, so we're gonna target yeah, yeah. Uh, the asp with another three missiles. Okay. Three more. Oh, and a natural ten gets in there too. So uh, with the next three, with the next three that get in there, it's gonna be uh, um a miss and a critical hit and a miss. So you, you managed to hit him hard. Um, and with that, whatever was sort of jamming the signal or whatever comes down it stops. And because I, and also because I kind of gave it away. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's, you know, so again, nice timing on the natural 10, Henry, because now I can, now you, now you can see this too. Uh, you also see this thing here, but with the time that it took to do that, we are now going to go over to Adira and Rexford, who the change of course had uh, two purposes. Number one, stop flying straight where the missiles are coming from. And number two, head for the very obvious and very large Federal Corvette that's parked a couple of clicks away from the base. So they're... Uh, we, they we, didn't, we didn't put like a tarp over it? No, why would you? You just, you're, you're coming in to see what was going on. I mean, you know, and the landing was very obvious to everyone. And you were spotted by some presumably ship. So it's not was, like you were. It's not like you were surprising anybody. I was just joking because it'd be okay. a pretty big tarp. It would be a big ass tarp. Um, all right, but so you're uh, you're you're barreling towards that thing, and the uh, a, a spaceship is on its way to you, and it's going to take some pot shots at you. So I will. I, there's a handout here. You're in scarabs, which I will I think make available to you now. Here, scarab interceptor, and I'm going to show two players. Show to everyone. So in the handouts column of roll 20, you should see Scarab Interceptor SRV. Um, quickly, the ship that's coming after them, that's one of the four that we're tracking, right? So that's not the ASP. Yeah. Is that is it the ASP or is it the one that was hanging way yeah, back? Yeah, it's 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 coming down low. Oh, it's right? the ASP. It was not, it was, okay. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, you now know what you see now. Is, yeah, what, that last hit you did uh, took off whatever jamming or whatever it was that was uh, uh, keeping you from getting a solid. And I don't have uh, a so way to can... tell them any of the information that I've got on it because I've got intel on that ship. Sure, you can. All right, so guys, what's coming at you is an ASP troop carrier. It's carrying four SRVs. It's a sweet piece of ASP. Yeah, sweet <laughs> piece of ASP. Um, four SRVs, and it's got subsurface displacement missiles, seismic charges, pulse lasers, mining lasers, and abrasion blasters. It's another, another what's all the mining equipment? I don't Great. know. Got any other good news for us? Uh, yeah, the AI's online, and we took out the two lead craft. And the, thir- the fourth craft is hanging back and hasn't engaged yet. So you've only got to deal with this single ASP. I'm not sure how long it is till it gets to them, am I? It's, it's Looks just, like about, just about on you top tell, of them, you can, right? you can tell them it's on, yeah, yeah, it's on top it's of you guys. Of you. Uh, you know what? That, so the, the SRVs are bad. 
um, for, for, for our SRVs as well. So if that thing touches down, that's not good. It'll take and, them time to deploy, and then they'll have to catch you. And and yep. that, that higher ship, I bet that's the higher ship we saw earlier. Oh, for sure. It's the carrier for whatever these are. The No, like the one that we saw in a higher orbit when we were coming in originally to the planet. We yeah, that's what I'm saying. It. It's like whatever the home ship is for these things. Yeah, that was what was there, I'm sure. I'm agreeing, yeah. Thanks okay. for taking out those lead craft. We'll uh, hopefully survive this ASP. All right, so uh, it comes in. It's going to strafe you guys. Uh, oh, well, actually, you're, you decided to be stealthy about it, so it can only target one of you at a time. And because uh, so, you're cord you're being a little more tactical about using the terrain and stuff, so it can only target one of you. So um, here we go. And it's going to be, uh, uh, if it's one to five, it's going to go after Rexford. If it's six to ten, it's going to go after Adira. Three. So... Rex, we're on the hook. Here it comes. Awesome. All right. So it's going to get a plus three to attack. So that's a total of eight. And so you can roll your vehicle pilot. You can add your vehicle piloting uh, to a roll and the agility of the SRV. Agility is so. four. So that's a ten. Ten. So you beat it. So he misses. You're able to dodge out of the way. Good job. And it's going to pull up a little bit and come and swing around. And also it's going to now find Adira. And that probably also misses because I rolled a two. I imagine with the plus yeah, three, that's a five. With the plus three, that's a five. So Adira, if if you got a vehicle piloting skill, uh, if, if you okay. got a vehicle piloting skill of one, which you get, you get that you get a you get a one, yeah. and you're, the agility of the scarab is a four. So uh, do, yeah. Do you want me to roll? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Just in case you get a natural one, okay. I do actually want you to roll. So it's one d ten plus the vehicle piloting plus agility. Uh, the agility is on the, the card for the scarab, and then your uh, vehicle piloting also goes on there. Okay. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So you you dodge, too. Uh, apparently, the, the wounded bird is not uh, shooting very straight right now. All right. So that'll that'll be its turn. That'll be that'll be its its, its first pass. Uh, Going to go back to uh, Henry. And you still have, you still have eight missiles? I think so. All right. So eight missiles, and uh, you see the, this, this thing harassing... Uh, your SRVs, uh, and you still got the one up, one up top. Am I able to tell how damaged it is from being hit with three so far? Um, roll, eh, roll, roll a computer check. Or could we see how damaged it was from its strafing run? You guys can roll perception. Adira, Adira, and Rexford can roll perception, and uh, you can roll computer. I got a twelve. Twelve. Oh no, he got a twelve. I got an eleven. 11, 12, Ryu, Ryu, uh, Ryu is dodging, didn't really get a good look. Um, uh, Rexford, you uh, you got a better look at it when it was coming at you because it was coming at you maybe head on, was, you, know, mm-hmm. you kind of see. It didn't look like it was beat up too bad. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't look like it was any anything falling off of it. And uh, Henry, uh, you ask the AI if it can tell, and it says, I apologize, my sensor resolution is not sufficient. I mostly stole that information from its manifest. All right, so uh, we're looking at a semi-damaged craft from three shots when it was in the air, and it hasn't deployed SRVs yet, right? It hasn't, yeah, it hasn't landed. All right, so I want to hit it with three more. I want to try to keep it from uh, deploying those weapon or those SRVs on our our guys. Okay. Now this one's going to be rolling at a negative one because it's now closer to the ground and also using you know terrain and maneuvering more more violently. Uh, so and it doesn't, the missiles don't have a lot of time to get off the ground and arm, so there's being negative ones. Oh, but you still get a natural 10. 
So that's three solid hits, the, the right? A, the, the, a, the AI still gets a natural 10. No, it's a, it's a one one kind of hit and then one critical hit and one miss because they're, they're rolling at negative ones. Gotcha. Uh, but the natural 10 is a natural 10. Uh, so at this point, the uh, uh, Rexford and Adira can see that there was a good solid hit. One of the engines is out and it's uh, it looks like it's trying to not crash. So it's coming in, it's coming into land, not terribly far away from the Corvette, but also not in your path. Thank you, critical hit. Uh, as so, the uh, as the missiles slam into it, I'll radio back to um, Romulan and say, "Nice shooting. You almost took it out." I've got four right. or five more missiles. If you want me to hit it, or you got, are you guys close to the Corvette? Because I can save this thing's landing. This thing's landing. Save them for the last target. Do you think it'll matter? The last target, four missiles, five missiles. Well, we don't. Maybe even we should send all yet. five missiles down on. Uh, on the ASP as it lands to try to keep it from launching those SRVs and then hope the Corvette is in the air to defend the base. It's your call. I say do it. Send the last of the missiles we have. I'm sorry, do what? What would you like to do? Last of the missiles we have hit that ASP before it gets a chance to drop those SRVs. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he's a high-stakes gambler and that he cries blood, but all we know is... Wait, that's Le Chief. What's he doing here? Well, all we know is our feedback guy is called the Shiv, and he still doesn't have internet this week, so Tony put together this week's feedback once again. Last week's community question, where did you spend your week? At Nacogdoches Station and the Texas system? Or the new Nexus hub in the sky of no more? Or no man, or fake man, or something. You're hilarious, Jeff. Sean Newboy writes in, wonderful show, everyone. Kraft writes in and says, did anyone listen to that end blooper? Did Jeff admit to it? Open mouth emoji. It was there. I heard it. Lon writes in and says, Jeff did what? No way. Don't believe it for that for a second. It, no, it's true. It happened. I heard it. It was it's What real. did I admit it to? It was real. Uh, you, don't, don't try to back out of it now, Jeff. What did don't I, don't, what did don't I crawfish admit? on us. I'm not trying no. to back out anything. I, you know, I'll... We ha- I'm, we have audio proof, Jeff. We have audio proof of it happening. It yeah, happened. you probably took it out of context somewhere. Oh, yeah. So what did Jeff say? Well, well, there, was no, there was no context. It was just a flat-out statement, bold as brass. And I'm glad that you took taking that stand. It takes a brave man to admit that he's been wrong for months and years and just come right out and say things like that. I was really proud whoa, of you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really whoa, proud whoa, of you. Whoa, whoa, It was really great. Hold the unicorn here, because I I think that's what you're uh, seeing as unicorns. No, no, no. We heard everyone heard it. Everyone who listened to the show, all the way through, <laughs> heard it. Is unicorn a euphemism? Well, you see, it's it, you know, it's a fantasy made up creature. Is what Jeff's saying. He's saying that I'm I'm, I'm losing my I'm, I'm delusional or something. But no, I heard it. And and Brian, you heard it too, didn't you? I did hear it. Yeah, you heard it, and Lennon heard it because he wrote in about it, and and Lon heard it because he wrote in about it. I didn't hear it because I was playing No Man's Sky. I didn't listen to oh, the show. Oh, you didn't hear it? Well, it was there. It was bold. It was brave. And, I'm, and I applaud Jeff. This is me applauding. What was it? I applaud Jeff. It was, it was, it was honestly beautiful. It was beautiful. L- little tear. Little teardrop. Little tear. Lon has never written in before, as far as I know. He was so moved by it, Jeff, that he, he wrote in. Now, of course, he didn't believe his ears either, but it's all true. It's all true. It's amazing. I don't anyway. want to derail the show by playing the end of the bloopers from the last one on the stream here. But I gotta know it was done. Jeff admitted his love for No Man's Sky. Oh yeah, uh, I remember they caught it. It was, it was no, beautiful. No, no, I did not. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was touching. It warmed my heart. <laughs> it did not. It uh, had nothing my, to do with anything. Did my radio audio listeners, I'm faithfully disgusted with No More Sky. 
And no, 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 yeah. no. It had nothing to do with our audio editors playing around and splicing <laughs> yes, your voices. They have never, yes, ever done does. before to anybody else. Yeah. They can make they it's have. forever on the I, internet. I don't that know makes how I pissed them off. And I mea culpa, <laughs> mea culpa. But please correct the situation. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. That, that part now. will get edited all out. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to edit that whole bit out. That whole bit's going to just be like, it's going to be like wookie sounds. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's so, yeah. <laughs> Alec Turner writes in and says, meh, how come you didn't plug the new buckyball ray? Oh, you did. Well, heck, now I got nothing to complain about. Cheers, guys. Love the show. Where did I spend my week? Spend it at that cursed ridge on Pomesh 2C, latitude 13 degrees, longitude negative 60 degrees, repeatedly hurling SRV after SRV into the canyons far below. And then, finally, at 7 a.m. this morning, I plowed into the Black Run finish line and exploded in the sweetest ball of flames you ever saw. Booyah, Brabston. I'm back on the podium. Well, I guess a win is a win, even if you're picking up the pieces of your ride after it, right? I mean, you know, you know, you leave it all out there on the field. Way to go, Alec Turner. That's how the professionals do it. That's right. Don't try this at home, kids. Don't don't leave anything out there on the race course. Don't 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 don't, don't take anything across the uh, off the off the uh, across the finish line. Just leave it all out there. Rebel writes in and says, "Good show, thanks. I wasn't trying to upset anyone. I was supposed to be in good fun." And Rebel, it's always in good fun. We have nothing here but good fun. So you didn't upset yeah. it. You, you didn't. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep 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 writing in, Rebel. I mean, the whole point of the show is to argue about stuff and then still be friends the next day. That's the whole point of the show. So keep keep writing in, man. Keep yeah. writing in. Exactly. Ken from Chicago writes in, As far as the ballista, tanks, cyclones, dragonflies, USO rovers, and other land vehicles in Star Citizen, fess up. The real complaint is less about including a ground game in your space sim and about the lack of compelling news and about gameplay features and more hashtag 890 jump delays. If CIG announced Star Citizen gameplay features, e.g. salvaging, farming, jump points, playing mini games like billiards, cards, darts, etc., or actual story elements from Squadron 42, including character breakdowns, you all wouldn't bat an eye at an army of land cars, fleet of boats, etc. I kind of think that's probably oh, true. Hashtag yeah. fe- fess, I'm fess up. You know, hashtag fess up. I think, uh, you know, he, he does make a good point. I mean, it seems like uh, the the only there's only like one or two items that come out every week, and it's usually um, this ground bit or that ground bit. But there is a lot of content that goes in the background, and, and, and I, for one, recognize that. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we're all at this long stage of the drawn-out game, we're all a bit frustrated. <laughs> So at this point in the year, everything gets saved for uh, citizen con too. So the only thing you're going to see from here to October is, is fluff. Yeah. So, and I, I, for those waiting for big fireworks at citizen con, I would say probably not because they're holding all the stuff back for squadron 42. I mean, that's what they've been working on. That's yeah. Everything is, everything is second chair, second fiddle to getting squadron 42 pushed out the door. Uh, so. We'll get a release date for citizen star citizen at citizen con, right? Right. Ken shadow. No, no, no. I think we'll get a release date for squadron 42. I really, well, not a release date, but a playable date. Yeah. They yeah. already said it's supposed to be beta next year. So yeah, but they're not going to give a release date at citizen con. It's still, uh, that would be, that would be utter foolishness. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of footage at CitizenCon. 
for it. I, it would it would not surprise me to see some of the things that Ken from Chicago is talking about here, like uh, character breakdowns. We may see, you know, some of the people we've already seen, right? We'll see the the guy from Game of Thrones. We'll see Mark Hamill. We'll see Gary Oldman. We'll see we'll see a cast of characters type thing and get some clips probably from the narrative, just like little like like a trailer, like a mini trailer. Uh, what now? There's there's a sequence to movie trailers these days. It's the stinger, the teaser, and the trailer, right? You just the first one that comes out, you just get like a little piece of the a little piece of it. The second one that comes out, you get a little more of of the who and the what is going on, and then the last one you get like a little mini synopsis. Of, well, well of we've the already story. had the stinger and the teaser. I mean, we had that bit from uh, Mark Hamill. We had that that uh, trailer with uh, what's his name on the command deck. Um, last year or the year before. So we've already gone through the stinger and the teaser. We, we had a whole playthrough session of like one of the intro missions. Yeah, except they've probably scrapped that entire thing now. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, come on. Now. I mean, do you think that's still a thing? I don't think the mission's the same anymore, but yeah. all those locations still exist because they're still in the, the uh, monthly Right, reports. but they've been refactored and re. I mean, that, that whatever we saw, whatever we've seen, like the sandworm, I, that's all gone now. I think we can all just put that out of our heads. I think what we it's likely, like Ken from Chicago was saying, we're going to see something uh, that will give us a little more of what the environment of Squadron 42 is going to be about. We're not going to see much of the story, but we will see some of the who's are going to be there and the what's going on. Because I imagine they've got at least that part figured out. Uh, the cinematic cutscenes and that kind of stuff will probably be a little more on display. Um, the game mechanics probably are still being hashed out. Um, some of the assets might not be in there yet, uh, but I imagine like the backgrounds where people are on the bridge of the ship or in the mess hall or wherever they're at, those are probably pretty close to being viewable. So, but as far as gameplay goes, don't hold your breath. Uh, but so that, that then Citizen Con's what month and a half away? Two months. It's November. It's like almost Thanksgiving. Oh, it's November this year. Okay, so three months away. But all right, but it's, it's coming. So, but that's what I think we'll see. Jason Smith writes in and says, "Project Genesis. Wait no longer for the perfect blend of ship-to-ship skirmishes and face-to-face FPS close quarters combat." Play is the synthetic mind of a weaponized support ship capable of seamlessly shifting perspective into an infiltration avatar. Boy, there's a lot of good words in that feedback, Jason Smith. I have just added that uh, to our list of games that we ought to be taking a look at from time to time, uh, along with Kerbal Expansion and Avorion and Outer Wilds and Outer Worlds and uh, all those other games. So we'll take a look at that. Uh, and so uh, this week we didn't cover anything in the official news part of Star Citizen, but that's not for really lack of trying. I tried to find something controversial to talk about, so I went to the Reddit, uh, I went to the subreddit, and I clicked on the controversial tab and went through there to see if there's anything I could throw grenades about. And I didn't find anything really great, except for this one thing, which isn't news, but I thought it was hilarious. So this, I, I found a little a, a little prayer, a little devotional from Air, uh, Reddit user Aries123 that I copied and plagiarized, but then edited a little bit to make it something of my own. So Aries123, if you're listening out there, you're kind of in the role of Shiv this week where I take your stuff and I wreck it. So just, just shout out to you, sir. But here we go. <clears throat> All the Catholics out there, uh, I grew up Catholic, so you ought to, you'll, you'll, you'll get the rhythm here in a minute. <clears throat> Chris Roberts, who art in outer space, hallowed be thy games. Thy MVP comes, thy OCS be done, on client side, as it will eventually be on server side. 
Give us today our daily sneak peek and forgive us our eagerness as we forgive you your imprecise forecasts and lead us not into vaporware, but deliver us from publishers. For thine is the BDSSE, the Mark Hamill and the Gary Oldman, now and forever. Amen. So, for, That's actually quite beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. It is uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, a modern adaptation of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so uh, excellently done. I feel a little bit blasphemous. And uh, if lightning doesn't get me by the end of the show, uh, probably the fires of hell are waiting for God's me. God's not so. going to kill you over a remix, buddy. It's all right. No, that's what you get for believing in deities like that. I mean, you know. <laughs> Wh- which one, Chris Roberts or God? God. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, at least we know Chris Roberts exists. Ah! Ah! All right. So anyway, hate mail will be coming. I have not been struck by lightning yet, but there's a long time between now and Tuesday when we release. Give it time, We'll sooner. let you know. That's right. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. And this week's community question. Anybody got any tips or tricks for making No Man's Sky work better? Or at all? Did you guys have fun with Rebel Galaxy Outlaw? And otherwise, how was the show? Are we repurposing our localization teams for translation production? Or should we review our headset APIs for controller compatibility? Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show's post, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 271 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 272 on August 27th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Silvery Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Multiverse Problem Sanders, and of course, our audio architects, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy, and I really express my thanks to them. And you know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He thanks you very much. And he didn't say it as, thank- I thank them so much. So he really meant it. <laughs> he really meant it. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDowell, and these are the top headlines. Wait, what? What do you mean I've been cut off? No more. This is all wrong. GFR management's going to hear about this. And I'm Henry? No, you're not Henry. No, no you're not Henry. <laughs> and I'm Ken Shadow. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by HenryNet WebTubes. Right? Oh, get so, the joke right. What, HenryNet, what is HenryNet WebTubes? HenryNet WeberTubes. What is that? The new joke is I just make up an internet company name for whoever is streaming that night. Oh. And it's just a, just a weird comment. It just, yeah. Yeah. Henry, when I listen Hen- to the show post-broadcast, I skip over all this. <laughs> you skip over. That's why you got to listen to the whole show, especially if you are on the show. You can also reach us up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give us the reach around on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, give us the reach around. Us on Twitter. <laughs> this is Tony, Flight Deck, Segment 1, Sync 1. This is Jeff, Flight Deck, Segment 1, Sync 2. Or 
Yes, this is Ken Shadow Flight Deck Segment One Sync One. This four. is Henry Flight Deck three. Segment One Sync Three Four Four because Ken Shadow Ken, Ken Shadow threw it all off. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I'm it's sorry. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're gonna let Did that. I, go. I was so, supposed so, to be Sync Three. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. go ahead and retroactively say it's Sync Three, guys. I'm sure everyone appreciates that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So fix it in post, right? We'll fix we'll it in post. We'll just fix the intro in post. <laughs> That's... Just edit that before you sync the tracks. It's all good. Yeah. So so the audio editors can basically cut these last 20 seconds and put it all in the blooper reel in three, two. Henry was, wait, I was right. <laughs> Read the copy. Henry was right. No, you got to put the hashtag in there. Oh, Hashtag. I thought we weren't doing hashtag. Just make, up, make up your hashtag mind, okay? Make up your, hashtag make up your mind. Do it right. Everybody go find your statistics test. Everybody go find your statistics. Stutter. Everybody go find your statistics test. Statistics. Statistics textbook. Statistics textbook. Everybody go find your statistics Statistics textbook. Questions, comments, concerns? I was busy playing No Man's Sky. That's fine. All I can think of is when you said medium is I could think I think of the uh, the quote from Adam Sandler in his famous song, Out of Medium Pace. Wow, now that's a deep cut. Because I remember that song. And it has to do with Things that I'm not going to talk about on this family show. That's, uh, yeah. It, it's, we could fix it in post if you said a word. That's uh, more than a word. It's a, it's a, it's a refrain. It's a, it's a, it's we a chorus. We don't sing the whole thing. It's a chorus. And yeah. So, yeah. It's a pretty great kids, song. Ki- kids, kids, don't Google that at home. At least wait till your parents go to bed and you can route around the safe search filter with a VPN of some kind. Okay. Ah, uh, anyway, I think you that can find a link on guardfrequency.com. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> and visit us at a medium pace. Romulan Ale writes in and says, try it, Jeff. <laughs> Henry, and I'm going to do a Tony. Read the copy. <laughs> oh, my bad. Henry writes in and he, says, hey, wait, try wait, it, wait, Jeff. Wait, he even, he, even got, he even got the Tony as the dick just right in there, <laughs> Yeah. Too. That was good. Uh, it's me. That's a K. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a hard name. false narratives upon you? What? what we stop doing? it. Whatever's playing, make it stop. I'm just loading up something I want to take a look at later because it's mentioned in... in yes, Ken- but we're recording right now, so you can go ahead and, like, not do that. Thanks. Full disclosure, it- I listened to something a moment ago myself, and I feel guilty because Jeff got caught. You should. Now, but does anyone have any chips? To Jeff say it professes love to No Man's Sky on our bloopers last week. So, uh, well, that that, that was related. related. Yeah, but we couldn't hear it. Yeah, so it didn't, it didn't really count. Does Does anyone have any chips that they want to eat or uh, cats they want to step on? Yes, please. Let's do that now. I have some. I have some <laughs> random beads. I have some random beads that I could make noises. Kid Shadow, could you belch for us extra loudly after you drink that beer? That'd be great. Let's just get all the noises done right now. All right, all right. I'm done having fun You're at done? Jeff's expense, at least for the moment. Tentacle monsters.